Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I am Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. And Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Mitch. Hey, I'm Mitch, uh, the fake Mitch M on Twitter. And we are also joined with Emmy. Hi, I'm Emmy, and you can find me at the Golden Kitten King on Tumblr. Wonderful. Thank you all for being here this evening as we continue our watch of Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 4, The Spoils of War. Um, So, of course, spoiler warning for everything, Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire series. And a a nice little reminder, we do have bingo going on. So if, you know, you have ADD and you just want something extra to do while listening to this podcast, why not play bingo with us? And you can find those (laughs) cards on our Tumblr. (laughs) Um, so we have like a little opening to the scene and it's, um, the Lannister army and they're being led by Jamie and they're marching, um, you know, with all the loot from Highgarden to King's Landing. He's accompanied by Bronn and the Tarleys. Now we can, I don't know if there's anything you want to pipe in about this opening or we can kind of leave it a larger discussion for later. Um, I just... I want to say, I, I don't think that they've done a really great job of connecting the Tarleys to Sam at this point. Um, and it would have been interesting to see, uh, you know, it would have been interesting to see Dickon, you know, at least mention Sam. Yeah. It'd be, and it would be nice if it was in a nice way, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, or yeah, or even like his experiences kind of give him empathy for his brother. I don't know. I mean, I... I don't know where they're going necessarily with Dickon or, you know, the narrative hasn't shown us necessarily where they're going with him. So I don't know. It definitely um, feels like they're going somewhere though, right? Because yeah, they, like, they make it to a point of mentioning his name several times per well, episode. And I think making him sympathetic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's go to the scene with Tycho and Cersei. He's very impressed with her efficient gold getting. He inquires about any future investments, and then they take a stroll out to the floor map room because it probably cost a fortune to create that, so they got to do a lot of scenes there. <laughs> <laughs> so he's happy to have the Iron Bank fund her war as soon as her debts are paid. Hmm. So if if um, she can't pay the Iron Bank back, what are the potential consequences? Well, I think you know he certainly spells them out later. With, you know, essentially, it's like the Golden Company is going to get involved here one way or another. I Well, I, I guess two things. A, the Golden Company gets involved potentially on her side or against her. And then B, I think, like, don't they typically have the threat of the faceless men hanging over? Like, you don't pay, we're going to kill you. Hmm. Like, we're in, we got an in with those guys. Like, I always think of the faceless men as kind of the, is something of an enforcer branch of the Iron Bank. Kind of the mafia. They come after yeah. <laughs> I like that. I never put two and two together that way, but I I, I like that. Is that a thing? Am I that dense? <laughs> or is this you're like theorizing? No, I mean, I, well, I think um, I think it's somewhat implied that I'm trying to think of there's 
if there is a particular situation where there's like a very wealthy person and there is discussion around like, wow, they must have had to pay a lot in order to um, get the faceless men to kill to kill them. As well as, you know, like, I feel like the faceless men have their, like, their charity wing, you know, for, like, people dying of, you know, terminal diseases. And then they have, like, their money-making wing, which would be, and, you know, I guess the enforcement wing, too. So they got three wings. Sweet. They're like a dragon. Yeah, it would make sense. There <laughs> has to be punishment for, for not paying. Yeah. No. Hmm. I like it. Okay, let's go to Winterfell, and we see Littlefinger, and he gives Bran the Valerian dagger, um, the one that, of course, Catelyn protected him from. Uh, Bran asks who it belonged to, and Littlefinger says, that is the same question that started the War of the Five Kings. And um, Littlefinger makes small talk with Bran until Bran creeps him out with the phrase, chaos is a ladder. <laughs> so do you think that you know, what What was Littlefinger's purpose here? Do you think that he was trying to just get Bran's intentions, more or less? Like, did he want to see if Bran kind of considered himself the Lord of Winterfell? I think so. I think, yeah, um... Him out. Yeah. I've heard it said that this was just kind of like a long way of getting getting that dagger to Arya so that she can eventually kill a White Walker with it. And I feel like that's sort of, I mean, it seemed they do uh, later point out that Littlefinger like must have some goal here. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like their main intent was just to like get that dagger to change hands. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I feel like they're making the actors, and there's a couple other scenarios of this too, where they're almost like making the actors do a little bit too much work. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, what's the point of a scene if none of us can really define what the purpose <laughs> of it was. Yeah, I feel like with Littlefinger especially, for like a couple seasons now, it's been unclear. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He did seem a lot right. more calculating and a lot more, you, you more, had a more specific idea of what he was going after in the earlier seasons. Yeah, maybe he's Is trying he, to, uh, I was going to say, maybe he's trying to pull like a sweet Robin thing, like he's trying to curry favor um, with Bran. And- well, yeah, there's been some theories thrown around that he's just trying to sort of so like kind of um, what dysfunction amongst the siblings is trying to break them apart and you know to kind of further go against John looking for the cracks yeah yeah that could be and but I mean, he's Bran, looking at all like, angles at all yeah, the there's, times there's <laughs> there aren't cracks with Bran there's more like crack with Bran yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I guess his ultimate goal right now is to get John he, you know he doesn't like the Johns in the picture because that takes away his chances of in his mind marrying Sansa and then controlling the north yeah. So he's totally going to eat it this season, though, don't no, yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe next he's episode? Maybe next Dead man episode. walking. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going to just be applauding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's any any little finger fans out there. Crayjoy was, I think. But <laughs> Sorry, Craig. Isn't IHD a little finger fan? Like, she's like a creepy, she's kind of a creepy shipper. Like, she creeps. She creep ships Sansa Littlefinger a little bit, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't really Gross. talk about it last week with her, but <laughs> <Just> to ask. <laughs> her. Yeah. So anyway, Mira enters and Littlefinger takes off. She tells um, Bran that she needs to be with her family, and she's none too happy with his response regarding her leaving. He tells her he's not really Brandon Stark, and then she says, "You died in that cave." Then she leaves. 
And I just, I feel so awful for Mira in this scene. Like, she deserves all the things. Yeah, she's really good. I, I, yeah, I felt so heartbroken for her. You could, she did a great job with the scene. And she's a good actress. Yeah. Like, she's really, she's really good. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, she's kind of an underrated character. And you think she's killed a White Walker. She's, you know, she's done all this stuff. I, I, I said this on Twitter a lot. Let me just publicly apologize for tweeting during the show. I um, forgive you, <laughs> benevolent as I am. I know. <laughs> Benevolent dictator. Um, but yeah, it's like you kind of hope that, you know, at some point she hooked up with Pod and had a good, like, you know, spa day, essentially. <laughs> like, God knows the girl deserved a good time. Oh my God. She's the only one in the same clothes. She hasn't changed since oh, yeah. being north of the wall. Oh, <laughs> Whatever reason. <laughs> Poor thing. She's probably just, like, cold all the time now. <laughs> Well, now I ship Mira and Podrick. That's adorable. That yeah, that so would be great. a super sweet. Yeah, that would be a good like, one. Like, here's, here's like super cute, adorable Pod, and there's sort of becoming all these young girls <laughs> at Winterfell, and like none of them are his. You know, you got your Alice. I mean, obviously, Lyanna Mormont's too young, but you know, you got your Alice Karstark, Sansa, Arya, and Mira. Like, come on. I mean, you'd think <laughs> there might be like a sweet little romance with one of them at least. Yeah. To the fan fiction typing. Yeah, machines. exactly. <laughs> Here's a good spot to um, comma sent us a email, which I think would be a good spot to read it because it has to do with uh, Bran and the scene. And okay, so I have the worst luck. Finally, there's a really good app, one that it would be a pleasure to rewatch, and I'm not on the panel. Anyhow, can you talk a little bit about Bran and his flat effect? Do we think it's the result of trauma? Is he being a jerk? Not that he wouldn't have cause. Uh, Max von Sydow's Three-Eyed Raven had an actual personality, so it can't be that. You know, and I was thinking about that as I was watching, too, because I was like, well, you know, I know he's trying to give us the impression he is not Bran anymore, but it is true that the, the Three-Eyed Raven wasn't completely flat like that. So is this like wasn't a robot. his transformation, you know, until he gets used to it, he, syn- you know, he like syncs with everything? I mean, that's a really good point because, you know, Bloodraven certainly has a personality, you know, like yeah. he, he's got a personality. And then, you know, even in the books as the Three-Eyed Raven, you know, if you read back to Bran's, I think it's Bran 3 in Game of Thrones, which is when he's having the visions and stuff. And, you know, Bloodraven is really funny in those visions as the Raven. Like he's really kind of got a, you know, he definitely has a personality. So I feel like it's maybe just a poor directorial or a poor acting choice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well. Yeah. Go ahead, Clotho. No, I was just gonna say I don't. I don't think he's he's not a bad actor. So yeah. No. So that's what I'm wondering why that was. Got to be direction. Right, yeah. Has to be direction. It'll be interesting to see if with a different you know with different directors if they keep the same. Although I guess like there have been different directors and he has kind of kept up that same um, flat personality. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Bran. I also has been bothering me all season. In the first episode, when asked if he's a wildling, he says that he was at the Fist of the First Men and a hard home, which are two places wildlings could be at. And then in the third episode, <laughs> Sansa asks him about like what he is, and he tells her that on her wedding she wore white and that it was snowing. And I feel like none of those are impressive. <laughs> <laughs> 
feel like a Miss Cleo, like you could just tell anybody anything, you know, kind of vague enough. That's true. Oh my god, did we just get a Miss Cleo throwback oh, reference? We did. No, but you it's know what? Amazing. I got that. I got that. Was isn't that from Game of Thrones? I may have got that from Game of Thrones. Did he call him? <laughs> so, so. He does he call him Miss Cleo? Okay. I think he might. Miss Cleo, I, think he might, so I can't what take you. Wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> she was like fake Jamaican, right? Yeah, like yeah. It came out. Yeah, she was like, "What you waiting for?" You? <laughs> tell Miss Cleo. Yeah. She will tell all. I don't want to take credit if that's. I'm thinking that's where that's from. No. Okay, <laughs> if Bran starts episode five with the Jamaican accent, <laughs> we'll always forgiven. Sure. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. All like literally, all would be forgiven. Like I would forgive them, Larry, for that. <laughs> It's like colorful turban and a Jamaican accent. <laughs> Just inexplicably, and no one ever like mentions why or asks anything about it. <laughs> okay. So in our next scene, we see Arya, and she's returned to Winterfell. Um, but first, she encounters a little trouble at the gates. Uh, she learns that Sansa is in charge while John is away. The one guard tells her to fuck off a couple of times and throws a swing, which she dodges easily. She refuses to leave and then convinces them to get Sansa. While the guards argue who is going to tell Lady Stark her sister is back, Arius um, surveys her home, then pulls a Batman and disappears. <laughs> <laughs> so the guards ramble on to Sansa about Arya, mentioning how she asked for Roderick and Lewin. They reassure her that they will find the girl and Sansa says don't worry about it i know where she is she goes down to the crypts where she finds her sister and they embrace Arya tells sansa she didn't run from the guards that she needs better ones they talk of john their father and joffrey and their conversation turns to Arya's list sansa laughs thinking that she's joking they hug again sansa tells her bran is also home this was so and nice he's on drugs <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I wish this okay, this is the one time to bitch about the lighting because this is one scene that really would have been improved if you could see Arya for most of it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, um yeah. Somebody mentioned I think there was I don't know where I saw this. They said there was a, a wolf statue down there and they oh, were really like, so a lady? Oh theorizing it was lady. I'm like, I didn't see that statue. <laughs> yeah, me neither, but that's wonderful. Yeah, if there yeah, is. it's from a, Or I guess a you know, summer and you know, yeah, we got an anonymous about free it. wind. Yeah, yeah. They, they said that uh, one thing: there's a statue of wolf in the crypts. Do you think it's lady? And uh, they also squeed a bit because they were waiting for the Stark sisters reunion. Um, she said she, you know, what did she say? I just wish they had the budget for some actual lighting. So she picked up on that as well. <laughs> also, were you annoyed as I am by the filter they use in the North scenes? Everyone looks horrible and sickly. Can't wait for podcast. Lots of love. Um, I don't know. I noticed I mean, that they do use different filters. So I like them. I know. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, Anand, but I kind of like them because it makes um, the blues look so much deeper. And then the reds like are yeah. way more vibrant. And I like yeah. the contrast of that. Yeah. I mean, when Sophie Turner's in the, in the, um, I can't think of what it's called. The Godswood. Godswood. When she's in the Godswood, I mean, she's like stunningly beautiful. Yeah. I mean, she's a beautiful woman anyway, yeah. but like. Sansa in her fur with her red hair against the red of the weirwood and the white and everything. I mean, that's like just like an outstandingly beautiful shot. Yeah, I like it. Sorry. I, I like But I do it. think Arya looks pretty like she looks pretty damn rough. Like her styling is not, ugh, you know, she's that's not. intentional, though. That's yeah. 
But even, you know, our Brienne should be, like, a little bit more healthy, I feel like. (laughs) Some rosy cheeks. Yeah, you know. So, um, speaking of the Weirwood, we see Bran. He's doing his thing with the tree. (laughs) Arya hugs him. (laughs) She tells her she saw him at the inn. And uh, Sansa explains to her that Bran has visions. Um, Bran thought Arya was going to King's Landing. And he adds, Cersei is on her list. Sansa has a look of, oh shit, this might actually be real. (laughs) She asks Arya who else is on the list. Bran takes out the Valerian dagger. And after some talk of Littlefinger, he gives it to Arya. So foreshadowing so, that little finger's gonna be on our list. <laughs> Anyone else wondering if Rickon is ever gonna get mentioned well, again? Oh, I thought about that too. When they were down, I was why wouldn't Arya have asked of all questions? Wouldn't yeah. these little things bother me? Like you I know there must have been more conversation that we don't see, and that's kind of the way they do it, but oh, it's just so weird. Yeah. It's, that's pretty major conversation. Yeah. Like, that's just something to assume that they've talked about, you know? Yeah. It's weird because, like, they're the, you know, they're kind of in age order, but, and I probably have mentioned this before, but I always think of the Stark siblings as being, like, there's a clear line between the three oldest and the three youngest, and kind of, they pair off. So you've got, uh, you know, yeah. Rob, and, Rob and Bran were obviously, like, the closest pair, and then Arya and Jon, so then by default, Sansa and Rickon. So, you know, maybe the other two just didn't really, they weren't like, although, I mean, Bran, well, Bran obviously knows, and obviously Bran was close to Rick and yeah. since in the show, they traveled together for for all that time. But yeah, I mean, you never, I mean, did Arya and Rick ever interact in the show, at, like, even for a second? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Maybe but that would have been the perfect time to do it, right? When Sansa yeah. tells her, oh yeah. oh yeah, Bran's back. And she's like, and Rickon? And they're like, um, no. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> No, that would have been a good, you know, just the Anne Rickon would have been a good, um, mm-hmm. I mean, really, really you know, nice. Arya's expecting Lewin and Roderick to, like, come out from behind the tree, so. Yeah, so she doesn't know who's, yeah. Just never really mentioned. Yeah. Well, you think Rickon would at least get a statue down in the crypt, but I guess how long oh, it takes. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's true, too, yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure the person's working away on John's and stuff, so. <laughs> Not at all. He's already dead. <laughs> He's only got a few months. Like we gotta hurry. <laughs> Needs more hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so back in the courtyard, we see a pleased-looking Brienne as she watches the Stark children. Um, Podrick tells her their mother would be proud, and then she replies, "I barely did anything." He tells her she's too hard on herself, and he throws in a "my lady." She gets curt with him, and then simply says, "Thank you." No. It's interesting because, you know, when you think about it, Pod never met Catelyn, you know, Pod never met Catelyn Stark at all. Like, there's no, so, like, everything that he would know of her would be, you know, from, you know, from anything Tyrion said because he was a prisoner and, you know, like, Brienne's memories of, of her, you know, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. I like the, the bit where they kind of gave her a softening, which we were like people yeah. Were, yeah, yeah she was a little too snappy with poor Patrick <laughs> well and I do think as much of you know as much foreshadowing as, as it could be like her kind of accepting the title of lady would seem to indicate that at some point she could be something other than the Stark girl's protector you know yeah like yeah. it's a yeah. like oh yeah this is she you know she is a lot of things beyond that it seems intentional that they they put that in there as well that you sort of get mm-hmm. reminded of her status and yeah. yeah like she you know yeah she's got options 
Yes, she does. She <laughs> sure does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, giggity, giggity. I don't, I don't, I don't even you like have family She guy. has options. She has literally one option. <laughs> and it is not Tormund. Right. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. So at Dragonstone, uh, we have Miss Sandy, um, who's inquiring about the status of the Unsullied. And then Danny asks what happened between her and Grey Worm. And then she just says, many things. <laughs> and then John interrupts. And they take take her to the caves um, with the dragon glass and the petroglyphs depicting images of the children of the forest. They show them with men fighting together against the undead common enemy. Uh, Danny tells him she will fight for him when he bends the knee. Johnny, uh, John, Johnny, John tells her <laughs> Worth will not accept a southern leader, and she says they will if their king does. So, so did John I, get that bend the knee was a euphemism there? <laughs> They're nope. in a cave. Come on, John. Your <laughs> <laughs> reputation here. I mean, John like, and Grey Worm are apparently both pretty good at that the right? first time. So, after a cave, you're right. Uh, <laughs> My question is, why does Danny need John to bend the knee now? Why can't she promise to, like, I'll fight the White Walkers with you as long as afterwards you give me your allegiance? You bend the knee then. Is it because she doesn't see the White Walkers to be such a problem? I mean, I just feel like that would be a, a better way to phrase this problem with John. Yeah, I think you're partially. I think you're partially right in that she doesn't see any urgency to the White Walker problem that would require her to act, and so she's using the only leverage she really has over John at this point okay. in order, you know, to to force the issue. Yeah, it seems like stubbornness at this point. If she's willing to, you know, just give him some. I don't know. It just seems give him some breathing space. Let them, you know, they could explain that they have an alliance and leave it at that right now. I am in love with the idea, you guys, that Davos and John drew all those pictures themselves. Yeah, yeah, I keep saying that every yes. <laughs> I briefly was like, wow, this was really clever of John. It would be like really, I mean, they kind of, I bet, I will say, I bet when they read all of that, they were like, oh, damn it, we totally should have done that because it would have been like really brilliant. Them sneaking like, down their, their version of pajamas or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> little tapping. John's on. covered in chalk dust. <laughs> Neither of those two men are clever enough to devise that. <laughs> but Davos could be. I mean, he is a smuggler. Smuggler. <laughs> I feel like John could never sell it, though. No, John could never. <laughs> <laughs> He'd get mad if she mistakenly calls one something. It's no. <laughs> He's really proud of one. He's like, oh, look at this one. This one's really good. Isn't it good? It's great. <laughs> I bet they spent a lot of time there. <laughs> Davos would literally have to like give him grades on it. <laughs> it was so beautiful, yeah, though. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. But everybody, I don't know the the intimacy before between John and Danny. It seemed to be really like something they're working towards. It, everyone picking have, up on that. I ha- I don't hate it, you guys. I don't either. Like, and they have kind I, of. Yeah, I'm not, I, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not, like, super down with the incest and shit, yeah. but I don't hate them together. They're cute together, really. 
it's, it's, it's an aunt and a nephew. I know. That's <laughs> it. I keep not, I keep forgetting that. Like I keep forgetting. It. I keep thinking they do actually. I didn't notice it so much last episode, but I'm noticing some chemistry, and they're they're playing it well when they were outside of them, when, especially when they were in the cave. So, yeah, I think that's what's causing me to like it more. Not yeah, yeah I like it, but well, <laughs> I'm willing to bet. Like they're alone. What's that, Mitch? I thought it was. I just felt like there should have been. I would have expected guards or, I mean, yeah, like it matter. works for the scene they needed, but it seemed like they should Somebody have, should have been in there with them? Yeah, and then it looked yep. like more people were walking out with them. So. Yeah. Where did they go? Yeah, it seems foolish to let them go off into a dark, you know, that would be dangerous if that was your queen, to let her go off. John could totally shank all of his, um, of all of his weapons. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but... Man. Still strangle really, her, bash her head into really, some tree. Yeah, he could <laughs> stab her with some. <laughs> he is really tiny, though. Remember, like he's, he's little. He's a little guy. When they were all oh, on the beach, she. I kept thinking that that as short as she is, and then you know, I was like, wow, everybody's short in this scene because they all look about the same height. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Uh, okay, let's go to the beach now, and uh, Danny gets news that Casterly Rock has been taken, but it's not all good news. She's pissed and done with Tyrion's strategies. She accuses him of trying to protect his family. She wants to take her dragons to King's Landing and ask John what she thinks she should do. He tells her if she uses her dragons to melt castles and burn cities, she'll be proving that she is no different. Um, Which, I had, you know, I'm glad they're articulating this yeah, point because I feel yeah. like they allude, 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 and then sometimes they never get around to actually having someone articulate the point, which you just need to do it sometimes. So, yeah, it was thank well you. said on his part. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling really bad for Tyrion in this scene, too. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, I don't. And then I, I know later on we're going to discuss the, the whole fiery battlefield scene, too, but there especially like him watching Jamie go through it he had to go through in that those scenes and I had to wonder how much of him is rooting well particularly for Jamie not so much his family I suppose yeah I mean I can't imagine he's rooting for Cersei (laughs) like that would be like pretty you know pretty bizarre even you know if he if he even knows like Uncle Kevin's dead you know like oh yeah I know okay Well, let's go back to Winterfell. Um, Brienne is thrashing Podrick again as they spar, and then Arya tells him, don't fight someone like her in the first place. Brienne admires Arya's sword, and even more so the dagger. Arya wants to train with Brienne, and Brienne agrees, but tells her her sword is too small, and then Arya promises not to cut Brienne. Arya moves fast and gets Brienne a couple of times before Brienne just kicks her, knocking Arya flat on her back. Arya pops up and Brienne, taking her more seriously this time, knocks Needle from her hand. Arya pulls her dagger. Brienne, her sword, and we get a draw. Brienne asks her, who taught you that? And she replies, no one. They both look up at Sansa and Littlefinger watching them. In a and I fight. Feel like oh, go ahead. This yeah. is definitely one of those scenes where, you know, I... I I just think it's poor writing when you as the viewer have no idea what the people are thinking who are watching. Like, to, I have no idea what Littlefinger and Sansa's reactions were supposed to mean. And if you're not going to let me know what they mean, then I don't know why you're showing them to me. 
Like, yeah. I want to be led a little bit more. Sansa looked I a didn't really, disgusted. Yeah, I didn't really understand why Sansa or, like, well, Littlefinger paused just because Sansa paused, but, like, why Sansa even paused in the first place to watch hmm. their fight. Like, what, was she worried for them? Was she just wanted to watch them fight together? I don't, uh, I don't know. The only logic yeah. I could see is that they wrote it that way so that um, you could see Arya stare Littlefinger down so you had foreshadowing that she was going to kill him. But other than that, I couldn't really, didn't make sense. Yeah, like, yeah. then why did Sansa, you know, yeah. why would Sansa be there? Yeah, like, that's, yeah, yeah they, they could have just had Littlefinger, that's right. Yeah, you're, you guys are right, yeah. It just, it kind of bother it, it bothers me because I feel like, as the audience, I shouldn't, and they do, it's just because they do it a lot. Like, one, this one scene, like, not a big deal, but they do this so much that it just gets frustrating as an audience member to be constantly having to, like, make up a plot Puzzle in my it. head. You know, like, yeah. no, that's your job. You need to make the plot. <laughs> I just watch it. Yeah, the glance that confused me was Brienne's reaction, because she looked up to Sansa, and she was smiles, and then she was like, oh, shit, did I do something wrong? Yeah, like... like oh. I'm trying to figure like, out... What were the stakes in the fight? Like, whichever outcome, that like, does that really change anything? If, if, if okay, one of them had won? Yeah. Or, the other or is way it around? just to set them up as equals, I think? I mean, I can't believe that Brienne... Which is Brienne, bullshit. I can't br- believe that Brienne wouldn't have won, and personally, I loved when she kicked her down, because... I, as much okay on a second watch i enjoyed it more and i got what they were going for and yes i you know the dynamic was kind of fun but i have a major major pet peeve around really really tiny petite it's a uh-huh. it's a thing in sci-fi and fantasy that tiny petite women can kick everyone's ass and i it just i know that let me tell you you know what brienne would do <laughs> Okay, so I'm 5'1", and one of my brothers is, my brother is, like, 6'1". And when when we would be in a fight, he had basically the unstoppable move against me, which was to take his much significantly longer arm and place it on top of my head. That would have been so awesome! I physically could not get to him. And really, Brienne would have to do, do that, and there's no way that she could Her run. arms would be swinging with needle, and she'd be, like, flapping <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's sad, but it was sadly true in my experience. Oh my god, that would be awesome. And you know, the swords, okay, that was another unbelievable thing was there's no way that Oathkeeper wouldn't have snapped um, uh, she had a needle, needle. hilt. It would have snapped it at the hilt. She had a, she had a wooden sword. She oh, there was a wooden sword? Oh, okay. It's uh, a dueling, yeah. dueling sword. Oh yeah, I mean, Oathkeeper, you know. Yeah, still, I think even with that wooden sword, she could have snapped that little twig thing. But well, I mean, if she was sparring <laughs> with Oathkeeper, how many times over would Podrick be dead? Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. So what? You know, so why was it okay for Arya to use her weapons? That you know, you're thinking, uh. Yeah, because Arya was just showing, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, also, I saw someone on YouTube pointed out that, like, at the very beginning of the show, like Joffrey wants to use live steel in the Winterfell oh, like yeah. practice ground yeah. Yeah. and that's our clue and they're like this is a bad dude and oh. then Arya just takes Needle out like oh. whatever yeah it's kind of yeah, interesting I think they just wanted the callback to the when she met her with the hound though Yeah. so I think that's why they had her keep Needle that's true but I was also mad because she was like oh you're the one who beat the hound but then it's like if you really cared you would have watched that happen like, you were there. <laughs> 
That's true. It's you true. left the fight to like get to your parking spot early. <laughs> I mean, it was a nice spot. You know, I think people meant it to be traffic area. <laughs> you know, I guess they meant it to be what like a bonding moment and uh, you know, kind of. Yeah, it's, cute. it's a cute scene. Yeah. It's just a little unrealistic that. Yeah, I mean, Arya. I'm sorry, five other five foot one girls. We're not going to be competitive yes. with someone of Gwendolyn Christie's size. Just not going to happen. We need a dragon. It's not even a question in my mind. Okay, so back at Dragonstone, oh, Davos. I do feel like oh. I, I personally feel like I could kick Gwendolyn Christie's ass because I feel like she's maybe a little bit too. Like nice. <laughs> you could trick her into me. <laughs> so, like, sorry I feel like I could fight dirty and maybe do and maybe. Uh, I don't know, guy. I think you're forgetting all this training she's now had from being on the show. <laughs> I suppose that is true. <laughs> That's very. That's probably a very good point. Okay, Gwendolyn, just you don't come after me. <laughs> Okay, so let's go to Dragonstone. <laughs> Davos is like, why not cave sex to John? <laughs> 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 they greet Miss Sandy and talk bastards and marriage. She tells them how she was a slave bought um, bought by Danny, but she serves her because she wants to. She could sail away anytime if she wished it. They notice a Greyjoy ship sail into the arbor, harbor. Uh, Theon arrives on the beach, greeted by a not-too-friendly Jon Snow, who tells him he's only alive because of Sansa and what he did for her. He tells him of Euron's taking Yara, and he wants Danny's help to get her back. But she's gone. So are we not going to talk about Davos super hard-hitting on Missandei? Yeah. <laughs> like, big time. Well, look who he's been hanging out with lately. Can you blame him? <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't. Other than I don't know if if um, Show Davos is married or not. Um, oh, well, if he he's married pro- and like he's not that far from home, I mean, Cape Wrath is like pretty close. So if he's married, that's kind of shitty. If he's not, then go for it. <laughs> yeah, Davos. That would be totally out of character. I don't think Davos would be the wandering sort. I think he's cheated in, you know, throughout at some point in their marriage in the in the book canon. But yeah, I mean, and here's my thing: is are they ever gonna bring up that Davos's buddy is has like a navy? You know, like where's Salad or Sand? Wouldn't yeah. he come in oh, right now? That's a great point. Like, is he gonna show up later? Maybe like to help Theon because I could be super down for Theon Saladar San scenes going to the Iron Islands like that sounds really fun <laughs> you're probably not going to get that <laughs> you know I'm going to say no that's probably not going to happen we the character fit in really well with the plot right now yeah he would Yeah, I, but I wonder why they're inserting these scenes I mean do you think that it's just a matter of you know sometimes they say they actually have to have a certain amount of time for each actor do you think that's it I mean I, I'm trying to figure oh, out what with, that scene with, would add. With Miss Ending. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't hate it, but I'm just, I you know. Here's my, here's my cynical guess is that I think um, that they're probably going to die. And oh, so, they're trying to get Or more. that some of them are going to die, yeah. so there's like some kind of personalization yeah. of the side, side characters yeah, so that there that. could be stakes later. And I don't necessarily think Davos or Miss Sunday are necessarily. I mean, I actually don't really know that either of them are going to die, yeah, but I feel like. Those type of things might. Well, maybe when Grey Worm dies, Davos can comfort Missante. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah! It's it sets the foundation for that up really well. 
<laughs> you know, they'd be like a fairly, you know, like that'd be a nice couple. I could be really happy with that for them. <laughs> well, I, mean, yeah, I really think like Grey Worm, but I feel like he's dead man walking too. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, the other thing I was thinking about is like, was it last episode when uh, uh, was it Tyrion told John to go talk to the people that um, believe yeah. in Danny? Yeah. So yeah. isn't that what this is about? Yeah. I think, I mean, I do think, like, I do think that the writers have done a a pretty good job on this, you know, imagine how much it pains me to to say this. I do think (laughs) that they've done a pretty good job of showing the, you know, the two, the two Targaryen sides of Danny, you know, like the two sides of the coin with her. And, you know, and they've done this for several seasons where they've, you know, shown the imperious kind of the the scary dragon and, you know, this breaker of chains, you know, that, that same person. So I think, you know, they've continually done this and I think you're, yeah, you're right on that. This is another, another instance of kind of showing the good when we're going to see the really bad shortly. Mm. All right. Speaking of, um, so yeah, Danny's gone is what they're told, and apparently she's gone to the southwestern United States. The landscape, <laughs> oh, oh my god, the western. Yes, it drove. Did it drive anybody else crazy? It drove me crazy. <laughs> the back, it did. The plateaus were really unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, it looks so much like. Uh, is it the Valley of the Monuments in? Uh, yeah. In Utah. Yeah. Yeah, and the actual it, it, background when you look at the site when they showed the clip of it wasn't bad. It had like little rocks and rolling things. I thought if they had left the it was in Spain, the location of the battle, left it alone. And I tried to look on a map. To me, there's no place like I saw like does it Tumblestone and like or Tumbledon is that what it's called? And then there were a couple other places in between like the Mander. That's the river. I didn't see any place that looked like it could have fit this. I mean, the Dorne what? marches are too far south right. to go. Back this to- was supposed to be on the, I think they mentioned the black water, so I think uh, um, you know, the water was supposed to be the black. Oh, the black water. It didn't look anything like what I saw on the map, like that it could be that area. It just seemed jarringly. Yeah, I, I would different. picture it more, right, like, because they're both considered pretty fertile, okay. so they, you know, yeah, it's that, green. that part of the crimes and the roots would all be like farm, or, you know, farmland and orchards and you know yeah everything yeah the map is all green like the only place that's yellow yeah. is when you get down towards um like i said down towards dorn so or even you know i imagine part of the westerlands might be a little bit although i think of them as more like craggier yeah, i guess the only and, kind of place that looked kind of lumpy was that like i said that one i don't know what the exact <laughs> location it was uh uh, was it long? No, long table looks green as well. Yeah, it was Tumbleton's the only thing that remotely looks bumpy, right? But that's close to, I guess that's close to King's Landing, and that's close to the Blackwater Rush. So I don't know. So it's just, just Tumbleton. Yeah, I guess we could say yeah, that. Just, yeah. <laughs> Our geography for you. experts have concluded. <laughs> we're like, we're like archaeologists. Well, the evidence looks like Troy was here, and. <laughs> So we have Tarly reporting to Jamie. Um, they need to get the wagons over the Blackwater Rush quickly. He suggests flogging, <laughs> you know, flogging some people to get things oh, moving. Randall, Randall being Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie isn't that supportive of the idea. He gives Dickon a bit of a pep talk, and then um, we see Bran being the first to sense something, and it's the sound of Dothraki ambush. Jamie gives warning, and the Lannister soldiers get into formation. 
Bronn wants to flee. Jamie won't abandon his soldiers. He then notices Drogon and Danny descending from the clouds, and they unleash a fiery hell upon the men. Danny seems to focus on the supply wagons. Um, Jamie orders the archers to let loose, to no effect. Jamie orders Bronn to the scorpion. He manages to fend off Dothraki Rider, and Dickon saves him. Bronze poor horse gets amputated by another. That really bothered me. Yeah, I, I, I thought of you. I really did. Oh. <laughs> Anytime there's anything bad with horses, I think of you, Kyle. Yeah, I do. So uh, Bronze goes flying and then fights his way to the giant crossbow. Tyrion oversees the carnage, and uh, one of the Dothraki says to him, Your people can't fight. And Tyrion does not look too pleased. I just want to stop for a second, too, because, like, why was Danny burning up all the supplies? Doesn't she need this? That's what I was saying. Like, what? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she could have. I, I think, you know, I think this is the other side of the coin because I think she kind of likes doing it. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, if you put any of us on top of that dragon, <laughs> we're gonna be kind of like jacked about like lighting shit on fire too, right? We're gonna be like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Like, let's burn some crap up. I'd probably so be burning designs. She's, <laughs> she's, like, into it, you know? Because you could kind of see how she, um, you know, she started with just a little bit, just okay to open up a little bit, and then she started with a couple tr- you know, parts of the train, and then, you know, just all hell breaks loose. But, I mean, how does she steer the dragon? Has that, this been discussed? Because she's so tiny, and his scales are so thick. How does he know where she wants him to go? Mind meld. Okay. <laughs> that's the only explanation. You know, like, some kind of... Um, well, didn't she, like, in the dragon pit, didn't she, like, close her eyes and then he came? Yeah, so maybe it is supposed like to be she thought real hard or supernatural <laughs> kind of connection where he just goes. Because otherwise it would just be a dragon out of control and, yeah. I feel like it's some kind of, like, warging-esque, yeah. like, process. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That sounds good to me. Oh. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Where have they been putting all the Dothraki horses? Because there was a lot of horses. Where did oh, they store all of boats. those? How would they... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good... They had special pony ships. That's a good point. They had big amphibious assault ships. That right smelled now. absolutely horrible. <laughs> this, no, no, it was just one giant arc. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> the Dothraki horse arc. Yes. <laughs> I will say the stuntmen that were doing when they were climbing up Ooh, and kind yeah. of kneeling on top of the running horses were like really impressive. That was, cool. hot. That that was, awesome. was so hot. That, was cool. yeah. <laughs> that looked, I mean, again, you know, like the thing the show has is yeah. they know how to, you know, they certainly know how to make a really, really good looking spectacle. And, you know, when we think back to like how shitty Danny looked riding the dragon at, at the end of season five like remember how cheesy oh, that yeah, looked yes yeah. and this looked awesome oh yeah like, had zero really, problems really really good yeah, like was... they have got like so much better it was excellent cgi yes yeah so we saw we see brawn and he shoots once he misses the second one hits the dragon in the shoulder downing drogon and um the dragon uh, ends up destroying the scorpion while he's landing. Danny attempts to pull the weapon from her dragon, and then uh, Jamie sees this happening. Tyrion is watching, and he's uh, yeah, um, he says, "Flee, flee, you idiot!" Instead, Jamie rushes uh, Daenerys and Drogon unleashes his flame to protect his mama. We see him get tackled into the waters by Bronn. And then the end shot is of Jamie in his armor sinking below the water. R.I.P. Honor. 
Oh, oh no, poor horsey. Yeah, yeah. we got a, two of them. <laughs> we got a question Both about those that. Horses too. got smoked. That was honor, right? That's pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've kind of named him yeah. that, especially when, like, right before he started running, Jamie was like, "Come on, boy!" I'm like, oh, good <laughs> guy. <laughs> You said we got a question. Uh, yeah, buddy? that was uh, okay. So the segment, it's it's. I'll read the rest of it, but the segment where she asks that was okay. So she said, "Oh boy, I really don't want to comment on Larry, but after watching episode four, both leaked and aired, I think I can see Jamie poking through. Hopefully, his poor horse got roasted, and you know, she asked, was it honor? I haven't paid mu- that much attention to the show since season four, um, so I can't remember if the horse was ever named or even the same horse." Uh, yeah, I don't think he was ever named, but I think the fandom has just called him Honor. Yeah, yeah. he's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's obviously not dead though, right? Like Jamie's obviously not dead. Like why? Oh yeah, why? no, no. Hopefully, Larry's dead. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Maybe this will be the <laughs> death of Larry. That would be awesome if it was. <laughs> it would really be awesome if it were the death of Larry. But I mean, God, Larry should never have been born. <laughs> <laughs> If he if, if he starts to grow his hair out, I'll start to have some hope. Yeah. <laughs> Just the next episode, no no explanation. He has the beard and the shaggy hair. <laughs> and yes. he's, everything changes in episode five. Brands Jamaican change. Thick like beard. <laughs> great. Cersei's long hair is back. <laughs> Oh my god. Did it seem like it's anyone else? It seemed like he fell in the water like 10 or 15 feet from the shore, but it was like <laughs> hundreds of feet deep. Yeah. yeah. It did seem like a suspiciously weird like river. And the logistics. That was a good point. Yeah, it's, you have to overlook it because there's no way. Okay, it's pretty small. He would die. Like, he'd be dead within a minute. Okay, did you think how tired he would be? All that adrenaline rush. He would drown very quickly. He wouldn't have taken a deep breath. He was probably knocked out. You know, his breath was knocked out of him when Braun hit him. And then he's in there. How long would it take them, even if Braun could lift him up out of that bottom? Like, he would have died. Like, you know, other we know yeah. he's not. But you can't survive that and that, you know, not melee of stuff going on that... You know, I don't know what the premise is going to be that somebody pulls him out, that he runs and gets help to pull him out. I mean... <laughs> I mean, when the same thing happened to Tyrion, I think the next episode just started with him, like, Out. on the shore. Yeah, that's right? what he'll do. Yeah. 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 Well, he'll probably do that. Or does he, like, swim, you know, I guess it's really hard for him to swim with one hand, though. But, I mean... I mean, you have to get I think the with armor, armor it's, first, like, not yeah. even... Because yeah. cool. Nikolai in the interview said that he was kind of feeling, like, panicked, and he got nauseous yeah. because he, they sunk him so many times, and one time they didn't get him quick enough, and he couldn't get out of the armor. Oh, God. Yeah, like, he couldn't get out. Like, he was in there in the armor, and they had to get a diver to... <laughs> Oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine how much we'd hate D&D if they killed Nicolas? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, there's no going back from that. Like the dragons burnt shit up. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the delay might have been 10 seconds, but I'm sure psychologically, if you're down there and, like, you know, even a couple seconds longer than you expect it to take, you're probably like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, he's like... Did anybody see the uh, cute tweet that Nikolai shared of all the the guys that worked on that scene, all the stuff, and and they had, like, Team Lannister t-shirts on? Yeah, like, Camp Lannister or something, because it took, I think, they said three weeks to shoot that. awesome, yeah. Yeah. And they set, like, 20 guys on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the most, right? Yeah. Like, that was our record. Yeah, yeah. 
I want that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think they could they could make a little bit of they could make a little bit of money selling that T-shirt. I saw one tweet that I thought was interesting today that was juxtaposing Bran falling from the tower in the first episode with oh, Jamie falling yeah. in the water, and it, it their stances and their body positions are very deliberately the same. Oh, so yeah. it was kind yeah. of is interesting. Like, oh, it, you know, definitely maybe uh, he'll something there. Yeah, maybe because some sort maybe, of atonement. Yeah. Maybe Jamie will get his um his dream of Brienne here. Maybe they just shuffled it to later. <laughs> Give us Blood Raven. Well, actually, it wouldn't be Blood Raven at this point. Oh, It'd be Bran. Bran's like, dude, I'm, I can see everything. I want to see some sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, going to give you this dream. Emotionally weird now. So it could happen. <laughs> like, I'm super sick of looking at the Night King. I want to see some boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you? So he picks Brienne. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, everyone, I mean, it would be a strange choice for him, but it could be. I mean, he probably, you know, it's like he's going to feel too guilty about Mira. And who else does he know? His sisters? You know, not going to work. That's true. <laughs> Old man. Yeah. Sorry. He's well, whoever really drags him up better drag Widow's Whale up because I'm looking forward to sword reunion. Oh. I get hype about that. <laughs> I can't imagine that they would mention Widow Whale just to have him lose oh, it in yeah, the next yeah, episode. No, he's got to oh, have it. Weird. But I mean, I was, I was rooting for him to get Danny. Like, I know, like logically, it's like I Me too. I wouldn't want Cersei to win, <laughs> yeah. but I'm so like I was just like this would be the perfect moment to just get her out of the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> unexpected. You know, it would have been a shock. <laughs> it'd be weird though, because what would you know? Is it better to have her? have some semblance of control over the dragons or is it better to or, oh, you know is it dragons just flying have around. like three kind of wild dragons oh yeah yeah i'm thinking like burdenating the countryside and stuff. <laughs> in their sadness over daddy they just start burning everything well like, <laughs> depends on who you ask <laughs> depends on whose side you're on do you want stray dragons or you know domesticated dragons <laughs> that are also my enemies in my enemies control <laughs> i mean but there's not really like a dragon shelter that you could take them to so <laughs> those dragons need to start breeding there is a girl in there right which one's the girl i think dragons are are genderless oh, aren't they? they just produce whatever they can like change it mm. or yeah it's like controversial oh, con- oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> um dragons so are the groundbreaking are we- <laughs> are we in agreement this was the best episode of the yeah. season? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So, yeah. Yep. yeah. I, I mean, one thing, something. Yeah. You know, I wish, like, I get, and I, I think most viewers do probably get, like, Jamie, like, seeing all of this burning and having the flashbacks to his time with Ares. And, but I, I just wish that they would let him articulate the argument for Cersei that I think that he must be making in his nice. mind, which is that... Danny's a fucking crazy ass Targaryen with three dragons. Like he went through, yeah. Yeah. he went, he lived through Ares. He's not, you know, he he's not willing to live through this. Like that's the logical argument for her. And I feel like at some point they have to have him. They have to let him articulate that. I and hope it kind so. of bothers me that they don't. Well, wouldn't they have him? Maybe do you? Maybe we'll get it like the next couple episodes because he's going to have to confront her. I'm assuming she'll talk to him In- at some point, Danny. I guess, but I mean, how much for how much of Larry stuff have we been yeah. saying? Wasn't he? Gonna I know. This out? I know. This and it just keeps not happening. Oh, so. so I mean, it, it seems like they really do use him to prop up other, even Olena. Like it seems like in every single scene he's in, he's just used to prop up what they 
believe to be a better, you know, a, not a they, character's, um, you know, their dialogue. The other characters. They haven't, they haven't written him dialogue in like three years. Oh, yeah. Like they're making <laughs> do like all of the acting and all of the explaining with his face. You know, like he really has been he really hasn't been given anything to say in a long time. Well, it's kind of like with John. Like, I felt like it's nice to see Kit finally get, like, I thought that in the beach scene, I really love that, like, his dialogue with Danny, because I felt like he's finally getting some meteor things to say, other than just sitting there and looking yeah. cold and angry and depressed and, um... Or, you know, Winter and the White Walkers yeah, are yeah, coming. So, no, yeah. like, you're actually articulating yeah. your argument, and I think, like, if that's we, what we need, is, Jamie, yeah. like, you know, spell out the arguments a little bit more for us. Like, you kind of, you know, just do it. Write it. Sorry. I know it's not, like, as fun as writing, like, cool lines, but we need it. Mm-hmm. One thing I was wondering in this episode, uh, when Jamie, like, messed up Dickon's name, is that the, I don't know if that's the second time he's yeah. done it. At first I was, like, total Larry move. Um, just maybe because I'm used to that at this point. But then I feel like you would, like say the wrong name just to like irritate someone i feel like real jamie well, yeah like he's just but i mean I yeah jamie would to- yeah i think jamie would absolutely like i mean if he ever meets heil hunt i mean how many heil <laughs> i mean how many different names is he gonna call heil hunt if that ever happens like all of them pretty much oh man all right i think that's gonna be wrap it up for us um do we have any mail that we haven't read yes yeah, so we've though? got like <laughs> let me see yeah, we've got like one, two, we have uh, four more mail items. So Ooh, our, wonderful. our first is Anon. And as always, excellent work, ladies. Thanks for the laughs, the insights, and the salt. So much salt. We all needed it. <laughs> I'm still so furious. There's nothing of the real Jamie left on the show. My heart goes out to Nick. I can't believe what has become of this beloved character. It's heartbreaking and depressing. I've gone back to listening to your Jamie chapter eps. I needed to remind myself what an interesting, beautiful, snarky, intelligent character Jamie Lannister really is. Yeah, I think we all need. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we all need like a rebirth of of Jamie. And I think we do have plans for that. Should we announce now? Oh yeah, Good yeah. Segue. I think we're gonna do a um, book ja- a special episode at the end of the season after our season recap um, of a book Jamie appreciation episode. <laughs> <laughs> kind of cleanse the palate after after this. Yeah, it's definitely needed. Okay, our next email is from Lixie Lane. And uh, hello, ladies and the occasional gent. First-time caller, long-time listener. Since the end of 2014, in fact. I love your podcast, which is one of the highlights of my week. It is among the best Got a Song of Ice and Fire podcasts and hands down better than anything on YouTube. You're goddamn right. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I enjoy most of your chapter rereads and your fan fiction episodes. I'm ashamed to admit that I'm one of those readers that never comment and only leaves likes or kudos. Sorry, guys. I'm looking forward to the Tyrion reread. (laughs) Even if they think he is terrible, I still enjoy his chapters. Um, And I read a little bit about her, um, the question about honor, but she says, now on to the show. I actually like the Brienne scenes in episode four. I'm glad she had a softer interaction with Pod instead of just beating the crap out of him. I was worried they were still going to have her lurking around the training yard beating on Pod. Brienne and Arya's sparring was awesome, even if while watching I thought that Arya was a little overskilled. Still, I liked it. I'm not sure we'll get another scene like that 
not with little fingers, mean girl machinations coming up. Um, <laughs> she goes on to say, I love the Arian Sansa reunion. It was heartfelt but distant, true to their past bit together and apart. The Bran is still an emotionless robot. I don't know if I like that yet. Poor Mira, she gets her heart broken and it looked like she didn't even get a bath or a fresh change of clothes. I mean, come on, they had time to build Bran his Professor X chair. That's a good point about that chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, this is her final paragraph here. I'm hoping that the next episode, Sansa doesn't have another per- personality transplant now that Arya's back. As Sansa is my favorite book character, I really hate what they have done with her. I agree with you guys that because her show arc has altered so dramatically compared to the book, that Jamie and Brienne's arc has ha- has <laughs> has been a pile of shit that. <laughs> Shit, shit that it is. I'm hoping and wins that Jamie and Brienne go to the tourney of the veil and Jamie enlists as a mystery knight, wins and crowns Brienne as queen of love and beauty. That should quiet the naysayers that don't think there's anything there. Um, and perhaps add support to my belief that Brienne is the younger, more beautiful one to take everything Cersei holds dear. And anyway, sorry for the long ramble. I'll shut up now. Thanks for putting all time and effort into this podcast. Cheers. Aww, that was a nice thank, thank you for that message. Yeah, that was nice. That's awesome. <laughs> I love turning in the veil speculation, but I feel like we have to turn it around because I don't know if Jamie could pull off being a mystery knight because of like the, the hand and everything. But I feel like Brienne could be the mystery knight, like a la Dunk, and crown Jamie. Yes. Crown that, oh my God, somebody write that. Somebody write that fan fiction. Oh, I love that. <laughs> to the fan fiction writing machine. Jamie needs a fan victorium. He needs a, he needs a crown of flowers. <laughs> Oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm getting silly. Okay. So the next one is from an Anon. <laughs> it's probably too much to hope that Jamie slash Larry will be able to make the connection of burn them all to Cersei, Carol, as well as Danny after his experience in this episode, isn't it? Ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, that's that's that was our frustration with that. So. Yeah, I mean, we're waiting. No. Clock's a ticking. <laughs> Because they're such smart listeners, they generally agree with whatever we think. You guys <laughs> yeah, this is before, you know, they didn't hear the episode, so they're, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have a, we have two more. We have one from Chicky. Thanks for last week's ep, guys. You're amazing and brave, and I love you all. So, like, Ob's not happy with show Jamie, but how smoking hot was that charge at Danny and Drogon? Sure, I was cheering for Drogon to roast him, but at least he would have gone down in flames anyway. I guess that makes me a Danny fan now. Oh well, at least we've got the gifts. Side note, are there people who actually think Jamie is dead? Yeah, there are, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. Really? <sighs> I will say that I'm wearing my Khaleesi sweatshirt today, so... Maybe like side sideline fans, because I've seen it actually, you know, I don't know, I've seen comments about it. <laughs> That Jamie's dead. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe huh. like the very like dabbling people. Are there people that just dabble in it? And they're. I guess. Like, are there people that just consume like... it like normal yeah. and like don't listen to podcasts and read tumblers and recap articles? <laughs> My God. They think Jamie's dead. <laughs> I don't know. Whoa. Oh man. There are people in the world that don't love the things they love to death. Yes. <laughs> we literally are loving it to death. That's the sad part, isn't it? <laughs> I don't even know how not to love something to death. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and our final, uh, we have a Patreon message from Kate. Hey, ladies, just started supporting your podcast. I can have one less (laughs) coffee a week 
if that means getting your great content. I would pledge more, but that would mean having one less beer a month. And well, I love my beer too much. But hey, you guys did pop my Patreon cherry. (laughs) You've made the right decision, Kate. I know. I I feel like we can't even criticize that decision one little bit. Thank you, Kate. It seems perfectly reasonable to me. Thank you. I get they're brilliant, our listeners. (laughs) Wow, they're just so wonderful. (laughs) All right. Uh, thank you for all of those close-ups. And <laughs> nice full nice mailbag this week. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them coming. You can do that at close the door and at gmail.com or close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like subscribe review wherever you listen to this podcast and take the time like our good friend Kate and support us on Patreon. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Emmy. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you, you, Guile and Clotho, as well. (laughs) You too, Lot. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. All right. Closing the door. (laughs) Get out.